Chapter Nineteen of the Wheat Princess by Jean Webster. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Throughout the evening, while she was laughing and talking with the stream of guests, Marcia kept a subconscious notion of Sybert's movements. She saw him in the hall exchanging jokes with the English ambassador. She saw him talking to Eleanor Royston and bending over the Contessa Torrioneri. And once, as she whirled past in a waltz, she caught sight of his dark face in a doorway with his eyes fixed on her and she forgave him eleanor and the contessa she was conscious all the time of a secret amazement at herself sybert had suddenly become for her the only person in the room and while she was outwardly intent upon what other men were saying her mind was filled with the picture of his face as he had looked during that silent moment by the fountain she went through the evening in a maze conscious only of the approach of the one dance she had with him when the evening was nearing its end she was suddenly brought to her senses by the realization that she was strolling down one of the ilex walks with paul desart at her side she had been rattling on unheedingly and she scarcely knew how they had come there her first instinct was one of self-preservation she felt what was coming and she wanted to ward it off anything to get back to the crowd again she paused and looked back at the lighted villa listening to the sound of the violins rising above the murmur of voices and laughter for a moment she almost felt impelled to turn and run since she had stopped paul stopped perforce and looked at her questioningly i-i think we'd better go back she stammered this dance is almost over and-we won't go back just yet he returned i want to talk to you you owe me a few moments marcia come here and sit down and listen to what i have to say he turned into the little circle by the fountain and motioned toward a garden seat marcia dropped limply upon it and looked at him with an air of pleading there was no circumlocution both knew that the time had come when everything must be said and paul went to the point well marcia are you going to marry me marcia sat opening and shutting her fan nervously trying to frame an answer that would not hurt him i've been patient i haven't bothered you you surely ought to know your own mind now you've had a month it hasn't been exactly a happy month for me tell me please marcia don't keep me waiting any longer oh paul she said looking back with half-frightened eyes it's all a mistake a mistake what do you mean marcia i trusted you you can't throw me over now tell me quickly forgive me paul she faltered miserably i-i was mistaken i thought that day in the cloister he realized that somehow she was slipping away from him and that he must fight to get her back he bent toward her and took her hand with his glowing eager face close to hers his words coming so fast that he fairly stuttered yes that day in the cloister you did care for me then didn't you marcia just a little bit you let me hope you told me there wasn't any other man you've been kind to me ever since that's what i've lived on this whole month the memory of that afternoon tell me what the trouble is don't let anything come between us we've had such a happy spring let it keep on being happy we've lived in arcady marcia you and i why should we ever leave it why must we go back why not go forward if you cared that afternoon you can care now i haven't changed tell me why you hesitate i don't want to force you to make up your mind but this uncertainty is simply hell marcia listened breathing fast half carried away by the impetuous flow of his words she sat watching him with troubled eyes and silent lips in a sort of stupor 
she could not collect her thoughts sufficiently to answer him what had she to say she asked herself wildly what could she say that was adequate paul bending forward his eyes close to hers was waiting expectantly insistently for her to speak when suddenly they were startled by a step on the gravel path before them and they both looked up to see lawrence sybert cigarette in hand stroll around the corner of the ilex walk as his eye fell upon them he stopped like a man shot and for a breathless instant the three faced one another then with a quick rigidity of his whole figure he bowed an apology and wheeled about marcia turned from red to white and snatched her hand away paul watched her a moment with an angry light growing in his eyes you are in love with lawrence sybert he whispered marcia shrank back in the corner and hid her face against the back of the seat paul bent over her look at me he cried tell me it's not true you can't do it you've been deceiving me you've been lying oh yes i know you've been very careful not to make any promises in so many words but you've made them in other ways and i believed you i've been fool enough to think you in earnest and all the time you've been amusing yourself marcia raised her eyes to his paul i haven't you are mistaken i don't know how i've changed i can't explain that day in the cloister i thought i liked you very much and if margaret hadn't come in perhaps i wouldn't have deceived you for a moment and you know it tell me you don't love sybert paul you have no right i have no right you said there was no one else and i believed you and now when i ask for an explanation you tell me to go about my business i suppose you were beginning to get tired of me these last few days and thought you have no right to talk to me this way i haven't meant to deceive you you asked me if there were any one else and i told you there was not and it was true i'm sorry sorry to hurt you but it's better to find it out now paul rose to his feet with a very hard laugh oh yes decidedly it's better to find out now it would have been still better if you had found it out sooner he turned his back and kicked the coping of the fountain viciously marcia crossed over to him and touched him on the arm paul she said i can't let it end so i know i have been very much to blame but not as you think i liked you so much he turned and saw the tears in her eyes and his anger vanished oh i know i've no business to speak so but i'm naturally cut up you know don't cry about it you can't help it if you don't love me you don't and that ends the matter i'll get over it marcia he smiled a trifle bleakly i'm not the fellow to sit down and cry when i can't have what i want i've gone without things before he offered her his arm we'll go back now i'm afraid you're missing your dances marcia barely touched his arm and they turned back without speaking he led her into the hall and bowing with his eyes on the floor turned back out of doors she laughed and chatted her way through two or three groups before she could reach the stairs and escape to her own room where she locked the door and sank down on the floor by the couch trouble was beginning for her sooner than she had thought and underneath the remorse and pity she felt for paul the thing that lay like lead on her heart was the look on sybert's face as he turned away a knock presently came on the door followed by a rattling of the knob marcia marcia called eleanor royston are you in there marcia raised her head and listened in silence the knock came again she rose and went to the door what do you want she asked 
i want to come in it's i eleanor open the door why don't you come down marcia shook out her rumpled skirts pushed back her hair and opened the door everybody's asking for you the ambassador says you were engaged to him for a-why what's the matter marcia drew back quickly into the shadow and eleanor stepped in and closed the door behind her what's the matter child she inquired again you've been crying has paul she asked suddenly eleanor's intuitive faculties were abnormally developed i suppose he was pretty nasty she proceeded taking marcia's answer for granted he can be on occasion but to tell you the truth i think he has some cause to be i think you deserve all you got marcia sank into a chair with a gesture of weariness and eleanor walked about the room handling the ornaments oh i knew he was in love with you there's nothing subtle about paul he wears his heart on his sleeve if any one ever did but if you don't mind my saying so marcia i think you've been playing with rather a high hand it's hardly legitimate you know to deliberately set out to make a man fall in love with you i haven't been playing i didn't mean to oh nonsense men don't fall in love without a little encouragement and i'm not blind i've been watching you if you want my honest opinion i think you've been pretty unfair with paul i know it marcia said miserably you can't blame me any worse than i blame myself but you just can't love people if you don't i'm not blaming you for not loving him it's for his loving you that by using a little foresight might have been avoided however i don't know that i'm exactly the person to preach eleanor dropped into a chair with a short laugh and leaned forward with her chin in her hand and her eyes on marcia's face i have a theory marcia it's more than a theory it's a superstition that some day we'll be paid in our own coin i'm twenty-eight and a good many men have thought they were in love with me while i myself have never managed to fall in love with any of them but i'm going to some day hard and then either he's not going to care about me or something's going to be in the way so that we can't marry it's going to be a tragedy i know it as well as i know i'm sitting here i'm going to pay for my nine seasons and with interest it makes me reckless the score is already so heavy against me that a few more items don't count but i know my tragedy's coming and the longer i put it off the worse it's going to be it's a nice superstition i'll share it with you marcia marcia smiled rather sorrily it was not a superstition she cared to have thrust upon her just then she was divining it for herself and did not need eleanor to put it into words as for paul you couldn't do anything else of course you're not fitted to each other for a moment and you'll grow more unfitted every day paul needs someone who is more objective who doesn't think too much someone like well like margaret for instance in the meantime you needn't worry he'll manage to survive it she rose with another laugh and stood over marcia's chair it's over and done with and can't be helped there's nothing to cry about but mark my words marcia copley you'll be falling in love yourself some day and then i-paul will be avenged meanwhile there are several years before you in which you can have a very good time come on we must go downstairs the people will be leaving in a little while bathe your eyes and i'll fix your hair marcia went downstairs and laughed and danced and talked again and once she almost stopped in the middle of a speech to wonder how she could do it it was finally with heartfelt thankfulness that she watched the people beginning to leave once as she was bidding a group good-night she caught sight of sybert in the hall bending over the contessa's hand 
she covertly studied his face but it was more darkly inscrutable than ever she slipped upstairs as soon as the last carriage had rolled away it was not until long after the sunlight had streamed into her windows however that she finally closed her eyes eleanor royston's pleasant superstition she was pondering very earnestly End of chapter 19